0: Morning. 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 Next week we're going to have Sonny Lee come in and, and give us a lesson of, it, of the title still undisclosed as of yet. She'll be with us next week for a week. Now today before I introduce John Pearson I've got a request. We On the trip that we're going on in June 22nd to Peru I need one of these old Samsonite you know what uh, I'm talking about? Those hard suitcases. If you got a big one, because we got a bunch of stuff, we, we take two suitcases, one for ourselves and one of the whole stuff down Peru. If anybody's got one, I need one like like suit. Okay, great, great. And it won't come back. That's okay. No, no, it's <laughs> <in forever. laughs> <laughs> so, so go stay All right. <laughs> It's a big one, right? Uh, great, great, great. <laughs> okay, now this week we're delighted to have John Pearson uh, come and tell us about the trip that's coming up and, and a trip that he made with Arthur Ivey down into the jungle, the Honest God jungle area uh, of, of Peru. John is, is I guess the unofficial head of missions in this church. Um, that way, he, that way he gets to be the boss and doesn't have to go to meetings. <laughs> but John does a tremendous amount of work to coordinate. It's just t- it'd be tough to tell you how much he does, and he's developed over over time a, an expertise that is just. Uh, we couldn't do what we're doing in this church, in, in the missions thing, unless unless somebody was putting in the kind of leadership and the kind of hard work that John was doing. And so uh, I know that uh, coming to, to speak to us today as a man uh, whose heart is is in is in the mission and he's my friend and I love him. And let's have John come on.
1: And for whoever made that announcement about the caches, I have the Carter family, I mean the Carters, I have the Carters family's first ever recording with Maybelle and her mom and daddy sitting on the porch in the Appalachians. My degrees are in music. I believe that uh, June Carter is Maybell's daughter and is one of my, one of my favorite CDs. Um, that has nothing to do with the lesson. <laughs> but I just happen to remember that I hadn't, I hadn't listened to that CD in a long time. I'm going to roam around a little bit, but before we start, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Uh, I'm not going to tell you much about that. Paul was a little bit off. I'm not going to talk a lot about the mission that's coming up on June the. 22nd. I'll just basically say that we've got 26 people going, the largest team we've ever had. We've got like six doctors, and the size of the of the people that that come to Jesus and the number of people that, that we're able to treat is directly dependent on the number of doctors that you have, doctors and nurses and dentists, and we have six or seven, I think it is, most we've ever had. But we leave on June the 22nd. Um, Uh, to Lima, take the bus all night over the big mountain, the Tikliol Pass at 15,800 and some odd feet, and uh, to Chupaca, where we will stay, conduct a medical mission about 20 minutes away every day in Tenyati, Peru, a little village, a small village, where we have also, with our our mission team donations from team members, have built a playground for the school there, so when we get off the bus, that sucker will be ready and kids will be out there climbing and falling and breaking their limbs and stuff, which is what boys do, right? So um, that's basically all I'm going to say about that mission. It's ready to go. We're just sitting here ready to go. We've got all the vitamins that we take, except for Paul, and he needs a suitcase, and it looks like he's got that. He had forgotten about his suitcase until I was talking to him this morning. Uh, I will, And I will... The good thing about this today is I don't have to be careful. I don't like, I'm like Malone. I don't like the facts to get in the way of good story. (laughs) So, and I have the Davises here, and I have the Beechams here, and probably some other folks who've been to Peru, but nobody's been where I was back in April, so I'm just going to let it rip. We're going to have a good time, and most of what I say will only be correct. The rest will be close, <laughs> but, it'll, it'll, but it'll be good. I'm going to use my notes more than I usually do because this is the first of about five or six of these I have scheduled, and this is the first time with these with this video, so I'm going to use them fairly closely just so I can get a timing. And Paul, when it gets to be about 10.30, would you kind of hold up your hand? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be like Malone and be late. I'm going to be on time and get everybody out of here. I'm just kidding. I made a mistake one time when Malone was ranting and raving about Sunday school teachers and raised my hand, and i taught fifth grade for ten years. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yes? Yes? So 12.30 will be okay? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can talk a long time. Okay, thanks. Uh, I think we're going to, 10.30, or even 10.35, I think I want to leave a little time at the end uh, to to answer some questions, because this is a special trip that, that I took there. Um, any of you who would like a copy of my report, which is 13 or 17 pages or something, I write good reports, and it'll make you, it'll make you sound like I've been told that you've been on that mission. It's a daily journal. That I, that I write on all of our trips. If you'll let me know um, at the end and give me your email, I'll be glad to send it to you. But to get rid of your email from me, you have to die, one of us. does. Okay, um, so I have a copy of my report. The, the Arthur Ivey usually stand you in there, head head at head the River anywhere where we start this mission. But before I get into it, I want to give you some information that will make the pictures make some sense. Um, first of all, we are in two mission situations with Arthur Ivan, Billy, and Laurie Drum, and and uh, Ash and Audra McEwen in in uh, in, in Peru. Our missionaries in one there, particularly Arthur, because he is the Mission Society's lead missionary for Peru. Um, we have a Samaria mission, because remember uh, in Acts eight, Paul says we need to go to Jerusalem, which is at home, and we need to go to um, a, a, a Judea and Samaria, which is the Judea is the one where we go cross-cultural, where we go to do our medical mission, where people speak a different language. Then we need to go to Samaria, which is the prison ministries and the motorcycle gangs and the places we don't want to go, and then ends of the earth, where I was here and any village where people have never had the opportunity, never had the opportunity to accept Jesus, or even here in some cases. So we have two situations with Arthur. Our medical mission is a Samaria mission, where we go, the people speak Quechua and Spanish. Quechua is the Inca language. um, And that's our medical mission. And this year, Arthur is our ends of the earth, one of our ends of the earth special partners. Are two things the jungle mission which we did and are going to take our medical team there on may the 31st uh 2013. you're the first to hear that announcement um and and i'm not head of the missions team but the good thing is i do not go to meetings and i they allow me to kind of decide those things so arthur and ivy we're god's two coaches and we kind of decide and, and, and it happens really well um, and and um, uh, and so we have the Samaritan in the ends of the earth. First is the jungle mission, and second is the agricultural project that we have there. We have helped. We meaning our UMC has helped, and some of our members personally have helped uh, Arthur and our crew missions purchase a hundred, little over a hundred acres of land in the jungle, um, and uh, that will become a farm. Abraham, whom you will meet in my slides in a minute, is going to be the uh, the the uh, land manager there. Um, and we'll grow cacao, which is chocolate. You'll get to see some of this in a minute. It turns into chocolate, rather. we get to grow citrus, like, like lemons and limes and coconuts, probably some coffee as yes, the jungle. Most people think the jungle is flat. The jungle is not flat. Hmm. We entered the jungle at about 11,000 feet. No, at about 9,000 feet, which I'll show some, maybe some pictures of. Um, so it's hilly in some places. It's mountainous in some places. But you always know when you're in the jungle because you can't walk in it, you can't stick your hand in it, and you see parrots and all kinds of pretty birds and stuff like that, and you cross in a lot of rivers and muddy stuff. Um, but the land project, which they are trying to clear the land right now to plant the first crop, which is corn, this summer, but they had an unusual amount of rain and our land was under about a foot of water when I was down there the last time, so we couldn't, couldn't go to the land. So those are the two projects that we're involved with, are the two ends of the earth projects, the agriculture project project and the um, reaching the unreached uh, down on the Iney River in the uh, Amazon uh, jungle and uh, the medical mission. A couple things before we start. The, the fourth day I'm sitting there in the jungle seven hours from from the port at Boca and Aponte and it came to me all of a sudden I'm a recovering Mississippian so I'm not real smart I don't claim to be smart it came to me that I was living the Great Commission I was in the middle of it I had done exactly what Paul was doing that's what we're doing that's what we will be doing in this but that's what I have already been able to participate in it's incredible because he said all power on heaven there's been given to me and go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and lo I am with you always to the ends of the earth And that's what we did. And we had some people that accepted Jesus for the first time in Michiel, Peru, a place we didn't even plan to go. God changed the schedule a little bit. And uh, so um, I have never been in it. Every time I think about that, I just get goosebumps. But that's what we're doing. We're going where Paul went, where people had never heard of Jesus, where Paul had never been. And it's an incredible feeling to be able to do that. You should be proud of it too because GIC funds are helping this. It paid for paid for the part of this trip, not my personal expenses, but it paid for our trip to the jungle that bought the medications and the things that we took down there back in April. Um, I also learned sometimes people come to me and say, John, why in the world are we spending all this money to go to Africa and Peru and all these places? when we got sinners right here among us. Well that's true. And I learned I saw the answer. I know the answer, but I saw it. Uh, if you don't accept Jesus and you live in the United States, that's your problem. You can throw a rubber ball in Roswell, or anywhere in the U.S., it will bounce off three churches and two preachers before it hits the ground. <laughs> and so, if you are, if you are in the United States or Canada or Europe or any of those places, that's your problem, and and you're going to face that judgment. However, I saw people that have never had that opportunity. They have never had an opportunity to accept Jesus, and I saw them do it for the first time. That's why we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth. They're there. Um, Finally, yeah. um, I learned last week that I need to take the jungle more seriously. Most of you, well, all of you that know me, know that I'm an adventurer. I'm a mountaineer, and uh, I climb really big high mountains, and and, uh, and that's what I do for fun. Um, And I'm afraid to me, at first, this was more of an adventure than it was a mission trip. And I learned when Brian Wright's um, son George almost died in Malaysia last week on in the on the jungle and uh and then when Sharon Nichols had that problem in uh, in in Ecuador God was speaking being said, mm, you better make a few more plans about this rather than running down there in the jungle so I, that's sort of the things that I learned um The travel on this trip was what about killed me. I, I I can I can walk and do that kind of stuff just about anywhere, but riding in buses and cars and airplanes and three-wheel vehicles and boats, just to tell you what I just how the the, the trip went. I flew to Lima, spent the night. Seven forty-five the next morning, as I was on a bus going to Wankayo, over the mountain the sixteen thousand foot Titicaca Pass, um, and uh, met up with uh, Arthur Ivy Billy Drum Jorge Ayala. Who God is calling to go uh, to this jungle area and work with these missionaries? Go make disciples, right? Of all the nations, to have somebody there. Who was it? In, um, help me, somebody. Was it uh, 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 the the eunuch uh, was talking to? Was it Philip? He said, Who, how am I going to know if nobody comes and tells us about it? <laughs> well, uh, Jorge it was born and raised in the jungle, and he's feeling the call to go there. We'll probably be our permanent missionary in the jungle to these people. Um, and, uh, and so that was our team of four. We left at about 7.30 in the morning in Arthur's four-wheel drive Toyota. We drove over the Great Andes at 15,000 feet and 14,000 feet twice, and up and down, snow-capped mountains. I saw eagles walking. I I've seen them flying. I've, I've had them come over on my boat in the Grand Teton's, and but I, I said, oh, said, "Those are eagles walking on the ground." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, we're, we're pretty high, John." It? But so I don't know what they're—they're—they're they're, they're walking eagles somewhere in the mountains there. and We saw herds of elk. Pas- this is the prettiest eight and a half hours I think I've ever been on on the drive down into the jungle, and I've been to the base camp of Mount Everest and top of Kilimanjaro in a lot of places. This was a beautiful drive. So we uh, went down in the jungle through huge waterfalls and all that kind of stuff to San Martín de Pangoa, um, which is not far from La Merced. Some of our folks here have been to La Merced, um, through Sepo and some other places. We spent the night there, met with our team, uh, come to find out that uh, the 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 district, which is like a state of San Martín de Pangoa, Pascoa had decided to pay for and send a dentist uh, to do some work with us, a nurse to do some medical work with us, and they had purchased parasite medicine to give to everybody there. Um, the the and we took I took parasite medicine after we got back because there's no clean water there and you and they basically drink it out of streams and rivers and whatever so um, and we had a different schedule which was kind of okay too the first thing I tell our mission teams when we get there the schedule always changes and we do kind of what God, God wants us to do. Um, so uh, from there, we, 3.45 the next morning we got up, we met two taxi cabs, and we had a taxi driver from hell. Pardon me, <laughs> Arthur Ivy said, slow down. I could know what that Spanish was three times. This guy's driving us over landfalls and muddy rivers and stuff, and we get to Puerto Ocopa, which is the jumping-off place on the, on the uh, Por- Porvo River, um, in which we got on the boats, as you'll see, went down that river for uh, about 20 minutes, and then we went up the River Iney, which is a major tributary of the uh, Amazon River. And some of you know that I have been to the beginning of the Amazon. I've climbed up to Mount Mismi. By the way, for those over the in Peru or anybody else would like to see it, I have a map now. I can show you everywhere we've been. Where we were on the medical mission is not on the map, but, but I can uh, find out where it is now. So uh, we went down the river and we stopped at, at uh, first of all, at the, the ports Puerto simply means There's a beach there, some rocks where you put up your boat. There's no, uh, and that's where you go into the jungle, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, and visit. So we made four stops at at uh, Puerto Porvenir, uh, then at Michiel, which is where. Uh, Arthur uh, took the salvation story and asked people to pray the prayer of salvation and, and it was received by 12 or 15 people. Then went to um, uh, uh, Anaboka Antipati uh, and then finally across the Antipati River to, to uh, the, the Ashaninka tribe. We actually hiked a mile into the jungle uh, and that's what this is going to focus more on because that's where we're going to stay next year for the first two days is with the Ashaninka. Um, I found out that our Peruvians were hesitant about going to visit the Oshemega. I didn't know that until Arthur. I, uh, my job to go, and those who know me will appreciate this, was to watch and listen. <laughs> and I like to talk and do. <laughs> and, uh, but I was the only one there that did not speak. I speak a little Spanish, but, but so I t- and Arthur and I had the understanding from the very beginning that when he gets in a conversation or they do, they just tell me about it afterwards, because it interrupts flows of thought with translators. And I just said, You tell me and, and, and we did that. But I know enough words to know what's going on uh, in, in some cases. Um, but the Ashaninka, these the Peruvians that were with us, um, had some fear of. They're known as a warring people, they're one of the larger people groups in Peru. Um, and uh, we have seen some of them when we were in Puerto uh, and when uh, in East Coast and some other places because of their dress, and we'll see that in, in just a moment. Um, but uh, we, when we got there, and we didn't know when we left if we were going to have any food. And this was a fact-finding trip. We didn't know if there was going to be food in the jungle, if we'd have water. So we took food, excuse me, food and water with us. We didn't know what the situation would be, and we were so extremely received. Um, by the uh, Ashaninka and all the villages uh, that it was really, really neat. Now, pardon, Okay. A couple of things that will make the pictures make some sense. There are two or three kinds of jungle. There's the jungle that we, that we see on television. Well, not not that. But there's the thick jungle where all the critters are and the anacondas hang from trees and, and all that kind of stuff, which you can't walk in unless somebody's prepared. It's the thickest um, part of the country I've ever seen. And th- but the towns are places that have been cut out. They've literally taken everything out of the ground and cut them out. And they built towns there, Lumber Merced, where we have been a couple of times. Uh, once on a medical team and once we vacationed kind of there, is a big town just cut out of the jungle. You walk two or three miles outside of La Merced and you're in the jungle. So, uh, But we're in an area where it's kind of small, and these villages are two or three hundred houses at the most, but deeper (coughs) in the jungle which I'm afraid I am called to go deeper. <laughs> deeper in the jungle are other tribes that are even more remote than some of those are. So that's the kind of jungles. Uh, everything there is, is pretty much locally built. Uh, a few appliances like refrigerators and those kind of things, and if you do have them, they're very old because there's not much electricity there. And the electricity that is there, they use it sparingly in one of the places there was one television in the village and when the sun went down, by the way between at about six or ten after six the sun goes down and it gets black I mean it is black, dark no, I'm not going to tell that, but but maybe I will, you don't have to go very far to relieve oneself in the night in <laughs> the jungle it's not like you've got to go find a tree, I'm sorry, but uh, it's just dark, I've never seen it that dark anywhere uh, there's no screens. There's no windows. It's made with rough lumber, and air conditioning is the slits is in the boards in between in the places that you're staying. Uh, you don't have real beds and things. And there's very few locks on anything. While you're sitting there eating breakfast, there's chickens and dogs and cats and stuff are running around. That's just kind of the way things are. So that's the the jungle. The village of the Ashenenko, you'll see. And I'll talk about it on there. Uh, the river, um, this is a, I had never been in a place where it's a river community. Like, just like a river is anywhere else. All the commerce is on the river. If they have, and I've always heard the slogan that you know you're at the end of the world when you don't find Coca-Cola, guess what? <laughs> no coca is down here. But, but everything that's brought in, consequently for medical attention, people are having to depend on a boat. And where we were was seven hours from the nearest uh, nearest treatment uh, down down the river. So it's a it's a it's a boat commerce. These boats run up and down the rivers. I think about they try to do it about once a day. And if you go anywhere there, you have to rent boats, which is the way that we'll go uh, next May. Um, but the river is life giving. People in different countries worship different things. You can see why tribes on the river worship what the river because it brings them supplies because it brings them fish because it brings them water for their crops they worship trees and animals and things because it is food and it's working things you can see when you've been amongst people like that why they think that way if if you were born in a jungle we'd probably think the same way and they're then they're brought up thinking that they've never had the uh, and plus um about 95 percent of these people cannot read and write and that's why we'll be. I'm currently looking into all the. There's two different kinds of electronic things you can come in. One of them will preach the gospel, the New Testament in Ashaninka, to as many as 500 people. So we'll be able to reach those that can't read. Um, some of the villages. Let's see what this says. Dark. We did that. This is the only place I've ever been where there wasn't any bread. You know, I thought everybody had bread, and I was looking for. Got a lot of chicken, and got a lot of rice. They got a lot of of um, 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 potatoes, but that's not what. I'm, somebody's read my. Tell me what I'm forgetting here. I, I am forgetful sometimes. Um, and they got a lot of, of of the banana, plantains. If you look up, if you look up, tasteless in the dictionary, <laughs> it's plantains. That's what it is. Yucca, yucca, which we call yucca. We had that every day until finally. I said, Look, do you think there's anything else? Any, no. any? And all the chickens out there can give some eggs, and they fixed us some eggs and stuff, and that was wonderful. I don't want any more of that, but it not until next year. Uh, but there's no bread here. Um, I, I've never been to a place like that, but there's plenty of other stuff. We were kind of in between seasons for fresh fruit, although you'll see us eat pineapples right off the tree when we get into the jungle in a minute. Um, I smelled diesel fuel everywhere. Couldn't figure out why. Well, they put diesel fuel on the floors there because it keeps the bugs off. The smell kicked me off too. I mean, I kind of asked my wife Claudia about that. We will not have to worry about roaches and stuff. We just clean with diesel fuel. <laughs> we have not we've not begun that yet. That's a work in progress, I'm afraid. But the thing is, is you walk around and, and all of your, instead of smelling like sweat and jungle stink, you smell like diesel fuel. Um, we found pastors in every village. Which we didn't, didn't have a clue we would they're not pastors like we consider pastors they are there are some missions that that go up and down and in, in and out of the jungle in some places and they find people to now i'm speaking from what we think all right because we don't know for sure a lot of the things we didn't get to learn because we weren't there that long uh, and they're asking them to care for the people. We, we don't, nobody, none of the pastors came out to see us because we would represent to a person who was not the kind of pastor that we would like to have there, we would represent competition. Um, but there there are people that are there that the villages are kind of taken care of. You'll see the one in the Ashaninka village. But they have not been telling them about Jesus. Um, and we knew it in, in one place. We asked the kids what they learned at church. And when they went, they said they... They um, they learned that they did not have to go to school and learn very much because Jesus was coming back soon and he's going to take them away anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, and another, th- what was the other? Uh, so they ha- and Arthur asked a couple of them if they knew anything about going to heaven. This is the, what works into the, into the Arthur's story. And they said, well, I guess we'll go to heaven if we go to church some of the time. They didn't know of any of the uh, um, anything about Jesus but we did find pastors we're hoping that some of these pastors there will be trainable that, Arthur, that Arthur's workers there see Arthur is in one and he branches out he's got 4,500 Peruvians within 15 hours you don't do things by miles in Peru you do it by hours because of travel slow and so he has leaders there who were on the trip with us and we're hoping some of the pastors that are there will, will become trainable uh, if not, we will do. Arthur will do, or have his people do what they always do: is train somebody there, um, and uh, and they'll be living in the in the jungle with the people there. That's what um, Jorge is is uh, is going to do. Obviously, they have witch doctors and shamans and all that kind of stuff, just like American Indians did. In fact, there are two kinds of people in the jungle. Uh, we found out, or Arthur found out and told me. There's what they call the colognes, which are colonizers, people that come out of the mountains into the jungle because in the mountains they don't have many opportunities and that's where the drug people are in the mountains that's where the shining path is you remember the shining path in peru uh back in the civil war they had in the 80s and 90s that would go into the small villages and call everybody out and just ask who the leaders are and kill all the leaders and their families and uh, and that's what they did the government did that song too um and uh, so it was a, so in the mountains it's not as good a place for people to live they can come to the jungle and get free land we didn't see anybody here that didn't have food uh and water and provisions everybody worked i assume um as paul requires us to do and uh, Um, but but that's what's happening actually it's what happened in the United States when we moved to the west from the east you always saw Daniel Boone getting tired of Kentucky and he'd go to Missouri and then he'd go from Missouri to the Tetons but they're doing that but it's from west to east but it's the same situation and uh, and when you look at it they're kind of in the same situation that our folks were 150 years ago back in the 1800s when that was going on so that's what's happening but they still have the same witch doctors and shamans and Wiccans. We have all that here. <laughs> don't Malone. We just don't hear about it here. And you don't see them walking in the streets with people. They don't come up and tell you who they are, but they do in Peru. Uh, occasionally. Uh, schools, schools and clinics. and see, all right. I got a schools and clinics. The government, in order to make friends with the people, sounds a little bit like pork. When in there and built schools all over the place in clinics, you'll see some pretty nice schools with the nicest buildings there will be schools. Um, so our plan here was to gather the facts from the four villages here to see where and if our missions would be needed uh, to conduct our medical mission somewhere in uh, in 2013, which we've decided to do with the Oshininka tribe and in, in the other village. Uh, continue gathering information this year, like electronic devices to teach those that can't read, um, and plus they are solar panels. These these electronic devices, so that after the battery goes down, the chief puts them out in the in the middle of the village, and they charge themselves and provide support for our leaders. Now, let's get to some pictures. Everybody see all those? Um, and I even know where the button is. Good. Uh, that this is we we had, this is the, after the ride from hell with the taxi driver, and that and uh, that was literally what it was. I've only been on one worse ride, and that was with my wife in Lima,
0: <laughs> and a taxi driver
1: that we learned never to get a real dark-headed guy young with sunglasses to drive you in a taxi <laughs> but we got there we had breakfast and that is the river I forget the name of that river but that's a feeder river a big river into the Eni, uh, which is the river that we're going to and uh, we're about to get on the boat and head down into the jungle that's that river there you can see on the other side they're loading all those boats the commerce here is people grow their crops in the jungle um, and they take them to the river and a boat takes them somewhere or people take them on their backs to the nearest port and that's the reason that towns some towns are called ports and others are not the ports do have a place that's clear that you can pull up to and this is puerto Ocopa, which is the last uh, village before going down into the jungle and we'll try to leave a little room for you questions at the end. There's another picture of that. You can tell that we're in a mountainous area. Um, for some reason, and I had my altitude watch on, I didn't record what the altitude is here, but I was expected we're probably at around uh, 3,000 feet or so. The, by the river, river's flowing north by the way, and it meets the Amazon uh, and turns and goes south and into the Amazon. And it's incredible when I finally found a map. And the river's run fast. Arthur guessed that this river was running about seven or eight miles an hour. Paul, that's almost as fast as you can run, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just about. So it's a pretty fast river. Um, oh, I'm pushing the wrong one. I told you I was recovering. All right. That's uh, Puerto Ocopa. Um, it's the uh, village there. Um, it's a typical village that you'd see in the jungle, the roads are dirt. And, and uh, it's one of those villages, a small village where it's just a port and um, a couple of stores and a couple of places to eat. The eating places were, were pretty clean that we had there. But it's where that we, uh, we carried full packs. We had to have, Everything had to be mobile. So I got my big pack out, my Appalachian trail pack. But that's Arthur going down the bank and the reason we're being careful is muddy. And man can slip and hurt himself and fall into the boat. But that's our boat behind him there we're getting into. And all these boats, or basically the same. They do have a little sun protector, and that guy there is going to catch Arthur. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Right, sure he is. Um. There, where it was. The, now these pictures are a little bit out of order. I've gotten, I've got 300 pictures in from Billy Drum, and but that's right before we left, and we're standing out there. Of course, that's me in the blue shirt. Arthur's in the pink. To the left of me is Abraham, who is the land manager uh, for the agricultural project, and also owns land. He's one of our neighbors in that jungle area over there. And the guy you see to Arthur's right is Jorge Ayala, who will probably be our full-time missionary in the jungle. And just behind him is Abraham's wife, Charo. Uh, Charo and um, Honaro's uh, uh, sister, um, uh, Pilar, uh, work with Arthur in Pangoa, the town that we left uh, to get here, the town of about 20,000 people. Uh, so those are the players. That's our team. And we also picked up a dentist and, and a, uh, a nurse. um that uh, who also went with us. The boats have two people. They've got a guy that operates the outboard engine, which is usually around a 65 or 75 horse engine, and they've got a guy in the front. The rivers there are very um, um, uh, shallow. Uh, in fact, we ran aground a number of times. And, and uh, the good news is, Paul, if that thing turns over, you're not going to swim to a sandbar somewhere. And uh, the seats are built for three or four um, uh, Peruvians or two white americans so that's <laughs> arthur and i sitting there obviously and uh so they hold a lot more peruvians and they also carry we were carrying a load of uh, of some food stuff to a town so when they carry people they also carry stuff down and people wave you down along the side of the river and we pick some people up and drop some people off and stuff that's just we kind of like the buses you know those that have been to peru remember we stopped several times and pick people up along the way that's right near a big uh, papaya farm we went by. And those are papaya. Just about got that boat loaded down, <laughs> doesn't it? And he's taking those to uh, Puerto Ocopa uh, to market. That's an Ashanika woman, the first one that we saw. They all dress alike. The women are barefooted. They wear a kushma, which is that one piece outfit that has a head and two arms to it. Um, and uh, that's along the village and, and there's a Back there in the jungle somewhere is where she lives. But she, and the the kushmas they wear are very colorful, as you'll see when we get to the Oshininka village. This guy likes a three story house. <laughs> we never saw one in like this is the only one like that. And somebody sells some tin down there. Or, um, but I saw. I didn't expect to see a lot of tin. Most everything was built out of balsa wood or a thatch because thatch is everywhere as you'll see in all the pictures and you just go out and chop it off and most of the land, they're not landowners here and there's not a lot of lawyers so you just kind of go out and, and, and cut stuff as you want to but this, that was the most interesting place that we saw probably got a brother or sister-in-law or something living with him that was a, a, that's a, a sawmill um, they were you can see some of the remnants of uh, of cutting over there all the all the, the wood there is pretty rough cut and uh, but that's a sawmill that we saw along the bank of the Innie. a couple of other places there where they have uh, boats oh a couple of boys going to school somehow daddy I guess is gonna get them in that boat and, and, uh, and take them to school there are not that many schools you have to find a port there that was our first port at Porvenir that's the place we stayed on the second floor up there and the open part down there is where we had our meals they didn't cook there but they cooked across that big wide area that's kind of a road uh that's Arthur and uh and uh, uh Jorge standing there and um I believe that this Hospedaje, which is a hostel uh is kind of what it's called and, and there we stayed there were little rooms Kind of like the hike in, if you have ever been up to hike in. Real small rooms with a, with a couple of bunks in it. And, and uh, a wooden a wooden bunk with a, um, you don't, don't have mattresses and stuff like that. You just kind of make your way with it. Uh, but we had good food. We had chicken and yucca. And rice <laughs> and uh what's that other thing plantain. yeah plantains plantain yeah. for breakfast we had this stuff I said, oh man and i was supposed to complain about your food and i didn't i i complain a little to arthur occasionally but he does the same to me but we just we ate what they had and we're thankful that they had it that you can see the place up there the baño the bathroom is in the back of this area over here we actually gail had a had a wooden banyo um, where you, it was, it was the step two feet and a swoop kind of place for ladies <laughs> where our ladies have to learn to, what's the term that we use? Hover. Hover. Yes.
0: <laughs> it is
1: more difficult for ladies to, uh, to relieve themselves in the jungle than it is me. That's a little store next door to us where they just carry basic stuff and it's about the size all the stores are. That's some more of that, that little village, had about 200 houses in it, but within distance, walking distance, there were probably a thousand people or so. Because when you go back further in the jungle, uh, the Davy Crockett's and things, Or back up in there. That's the clinic that the government built. Remember talking about the government trying to appease the people, make them friendlier toward the government, because they were as fearful of the government soldiers as they were the Shining Path years ago. And the Shining Path started not far from here, by the way. And there's still some remnants somewhere of it. But that was the uh, clinic. Uh, That's our doctor and our nurse out there. I think that um, who the other person is, maybe Arthur there. And uh, they're going to start lining, whoop, 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 wrong one. Um, playing soccer. Everybody there plays soccer. But you won't believe what you see in the Ashaninka the village, in a minute. But they were having kind of a, it was, a, I think it was a, for Friday, they were having a recess and uh, playing soccer. It was a real soccer game. This was the high school. Um, and you'll notice that all the schools and the clinics you see will, will be uh, much better than any other structures there. Um, the older kids had to have the uniforms uh, in Peru. When you go to public schools, you're required to wear a uniform and buy your own books and things, but the school is free. Not many people in Peru have three or $400 to buy uniforms that are, that are um, embroidered and, uh, and like the ones you see there and can do that. But sometimes they relax the roof depending on whether you're in the city or not. Um, so they're lining the kids up that's our nurse and our doctor I mean our dentist over in the corner there the dentist was able to pull some teeth and and had toothbrushes to show them how to brush their teeth and and little toothpaste basic stuff like that that you know we gotta take for granted they don't have that stuff there that's one of the things we do with our mission is we take when we go to a a in a month We'll take 1,500, 2,000 toothbrushes and toothpaste and dental floss and all of that with us. And if you happen to have some extra, I bet we'll be happy to take them. Picture of some of the kids there. Kids all over the world are just pretty, aren't they? <laughs> just Look at there. They don't have their picture taken very often here. And I, I get the feeling that some of these kids everywhere we go have never seen themselves on a, on a picture before. Aren't you pretty? he's not that easy he's trying to act that way I'm going to have to move on a little bit here high school girl high school boys got all that decoration taking the flag down a dentist a few of those you're going to do what and take my picture all the same place get in the boat we're going down to the next little town we see a couple of places along the way Similar to the others, Uh, this is the village where we have some new acceptors of Jesus. There's a telephone we found. Some of the villages had a telephone, some of them worked, some didn't. They were satellite phones, but they had to have electricity, and a lot of them didn't have electricity. Um, They were having a big soccer game here. It was on Sunday, and that's what they do there on Sunday. Big water tower, it doesn't work. this is where we were sitting around, with Billy Drum taking a picture of himself and a and little girl. He looks like he's on something in the jungle, doesn't he? And uh, this is a happy guy right there. Now, this is a, a, a shelter out on the soccer field. There was an army post right there, where on to my left when I took this picture. That's a picture of the Indian, that's where they can spot all the boats and the drugs coming down. This is where Arthur led, uh, all of a sudden. I hear Arthur talking. I can tell him he's he's doing his salvation. How are you gonna? Anybody here going to heaven? How do you know? And all of a sudden he is he is telling them about Jesus. Um, and there was about a center group of fifteen or so of them in there that were listening intently. And uh, all of a sudden they started praying together. Asked, Arthur asked them if he, they wanted to receive Jesus as a person. and they all clearly said yes. And I could hear. And uh, and after that Arthur talked some more. And Jorge got up and taught, and uh, it, was, it was quite an experience. Those were the first Christians that we know of in that in that village. And uh, now we've got an obligation to go back there and provide them some Bibles and some teaching, and, and that's what we'll do. Um, uh, and here, Arthur, Arthur speaking Spanish there? Yes. Uh, uh, all our missionaries, the first thing with the mission side you have to do is go to language school for a year. Mm-hmm. So yes, he was speaking Spanish. Um, and, they, they, and this is a Spanish village there's some of them with natural, maybe a tribal language but they spoke Spanish also now here the kids wanted me to teach them some English so we're sitting down there writing words in English and Spanish and just kind of having a good time and uh, this was as friendly a place as I have ever been uh, and we were worried about that and, I, and God showed us that these people were very receptive of us and they were ready to take us there and this is Michiel and we're leaving, got our big packs on uh, this is Boca Anapati. It's across the river. The Anapati River runs into the Inyi and then goes to the to the uh, Amazon. So we're right across the river from the from the uh, Ashaninka village. This is where we stayed right over there to the left. There I'm looking at a wildflower. I've studied the wildflowers everywhere. That's our shower. There was one shower in this little village. Not a lot of privacy. Uh, I had a different shower for ladies that did have a little privacy, but that's... And the uh, bucket's there to catch the extra water to use for to, for irrigation and for plants and things there. That's where we stay, that's Arthur and Jorge's cots. Um, that's mine, I'm kind of getting organized. We're in the second floor of that building. I'm hurrying so I can get to the Oshininka. And uh, we're kind of getting situated, everything is dirt, floors, and that's the outside with all the water jugs and the shower there in the background. And a garden in the back, our wooden, uh, uh, we had a sit-down here, Gail, um, wasn't exactly clean, it smelled a little bit, but it was a, at least it was a sit-down, and had a couple of catalogs there, just in case you didn't bring your favorite TV, like your team leader always says to do, and um, don't want to forget that. Now we're entering the Oshinika Village. We uh, we went across the river. First thing we did was we didn't know whether we'd be received. That we uh, the mission, our Peruvian said that the Oshaneke had guns. I mean, it hurt all this stuff. And uh, so uh, we sent Abraham said, I know the chief there. And said, Why don't I go see him and see if he'll receive us? So at nine o'clock he goes over there. He's going to come back at ten and tell us whether we're welcome there or not. And um, so at 10 o'clock came and no Abraham. And 11 o'clock came and no Abraham. At 12 o'clock came and I said, Arthur, have they eaten him or what? What's going on? <laughs> and at 12.15, here comes Abraham with this big guy and it was Chief Pedro of the Ashanenka. He was so welcoming that he and two of his kids came over and sat and ate with us. I mean, we had a a meal. We broke bread around the table and laughed. And these villages used to be wars uh, uh, with each other. They had crossed the river and fought each other in the past, and the mayor was there with us and uh and we had a, a great meeting and then after we finished we got the boat and we drove across the anapate where it meets the river any and we walked up this trail a mile into the jungle and there was a river crossing obviously which is a good one a lot of times i had to wade those in the mountains that's a cacao plant and uh yeah I don't, you can't see from here the cacao are kind of kind of bomb shaped and they have to be made into chocolate but that's what we'd be raising a lot of on our land there there's the path and the village uh, is up there in the front. It's a nice path that they have made out. And to your left or right, you, you can't go. And this is the Oshanika village. Um, the unreached uh, people group there is the cleanest place that we saw. Now, I know that you look at that and say, well, that's not, well, it is clean. There's not any junk or paper scattered all around. That's all stuff and wood that they use. Most all the houses there are thatch, made out of everything that they get locally. Uh, that's a preparation place where there was food or whatever. the big logs there's where they sit on uh, when they don't want to sit on the ground um, That's Chief Pedro with the red sweat rag. I like that I carry a sweat rag when i'm in the in the woods in the jungle too, but that red ribbon is because it's hot there i mean it's hot and humid in the jungle and uh supposedly a lot of bugs and things too i I, I knew that there was a group of people praying for me. And I was the only one that didn't get bug bites or chigger bites. I didn't get a, not a single one. Arthur and Billy said, well, what happened? When we walked through that path, they got chigger bites all over their feet. I said, I don't know, Arthur, but uh, God sent me here, so he'll take care of me. And he did. Uh, but I didn't get a single bite. I was in the best physical condition I've probably ever been in. But that's how Pedro led us, Chief Pedro, uh, of the Akaninka Nation, he told us. So that's what they call themselves like the Apache, the Comanche, like our Western Indians did here. Uh, It's an Ashinika nation, and he is the chief of this tribe. And he looks uh, kind of uh, Indian too when you see his face. That's Abraham there. And uh, is that Billy in the front? I think so. As we're walking through the village there, it was clean. Um, She is making something out of the thatch there, basket or something like that, I guess. Long black hair, the the Kushners are the big garment they use and the women this is a macho country and the deeper you go in the jungle the more so it is the women are separate and they stay back separate and they have the children while the men, most of the men were in the jungle working on the crops um, pastor pedro uh told a couple of his his people there with him to call the people that were coming to the clinic they started whistling and stuff like that and here they came so they uh were pretty active in doing that they had a regulation soccer field with grass <laughs> in the jungle. These people take soccer seriously. I'm, I'm assuming because the Chief Pedro said there were 2,000 people in the jungle around them that could come to our mission. And, uh, but they obviously have some pretty serious soccer, and this was the place. This is where we had our mission. This is where we'll conduct a mission. In 2013, we'll be the, on the ground right there and probably up maybe using a couple of their other thatched houses. There won't be as much privacy. Uh, these people are not private like we are. There'll be enough privacy so we'll be able to treat people. We already had thought about how we'd do that. <coughs> we are sleep on the floor, up the second floor <laughs> up there. And here we're sitting on the benches and kind of talking while they get the people there to start to clean. That's Chief Pedro. Kind of looks like a Comanche or an Apache with with his cheekbones and his face. And I mean that as a compliment, but uh, looks a lot like American Indian. He was a a nice guy. He was the leader, you could tell. When he walked there, people paid attention. Um, Again, we're sitting there, some of the children there. Pretty colors. I don't think the colors have any meaning that we could tell. We did not go there to ask a lot of questions about those things right now. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: men and women wear that thing? No, women. Women wear that and they're
1: barefooted. Uh, the men mostly wear stuff like well, shorts and t-shirts and stuff like, and rubber boots. And they carry machetes because they're in the jungle and they work out in the fields. So they, they found something else. The women stay in the community to take care of the children and the, and the husband and the families. Uh, I saw two ladies that had on flip-flops, and the rest of them were all barefooted. Um, Chief Pedro, again, there's a lady feeding her baby. That's just what they do there. We raise a big ruckus when somebody does it here, but that's the way you breastfeed everybody there. One of the looks like a castle. I don't know if that's where Chief lives or what. There's Arthur and uh, um, Jorge and myself sitting there, and the ladies were sitting behind us. And again, I'm kidding with Jorge there. That's the way the typical guys dressed. Um, was the like you see the two on the left next to, to Pedro. So now the boys worth the same things. They wore the the, the, the People lining up for the medications that were going to give out. Some of the ladies have red stuff on their face, and uh, I found out that that is a treatment because they use the plants as as the Indians did uh, to treat certain things. And they had uh, I noticed a lot of them that had. Um, the Sherpa, when I was in uh, Mount Everest, used those same baskets, and they used to carry them with their head. You will see that strap up there? The Sherpas carry 16, 70 pounds in corkas and baskets like that with their heads. It's, except they're large. This is a preparation place. I don't know if they wash clothes or whatever here, but um, that's what it looks like. Um, another place like that trying some clothes. This was a, a church. Pedro says, come with us, whatever he said. And he said, we have a church. They, this, this, somebody had convinced him they need to build a church. Not sure what a church meant exactly, but this is what they had built already. And it's back in the jungle away from the village. It's separated from everything else. So we went back there, and he called a bunch of people together. And uh, he had Arthur and that pastor that's there Uh, some of the children a bunch of them came in they don't know what they're doing there and uh chief pedro and and uh and there's the guy with the gun he met us at the end beginning of the camp and his big smile on his face and he had a 12-gauge shotgun just like the one my daddy gave me when i turned 12 years old in mississippi that's just a of growing up back then and I could go out and hunt rabbits. And that's what he had a trail. I don't know if it was a shooter, he had any it or not. But when we got, when we saw him the first time, Pedro could see that we were looking at him. He said, he just guard. That's what he told Arthur, so he was just a guard. And that's the guns that the people heard. That's the pastor that was there. He was an older man dressed like him. He never said a word to us. Um, Arthur tried to talk to him, and I think uh, Abraham did. That's Abraham, our land manager, our other guy. And he looks like he's scared to death. Um, but he uh, was not he wasn't unfriendly he just didn't do anything so he just stood there like everybody else um, Malone never looked like that Malone <laughs> Malone you could do a comeback and something like that you walked in church like that and I guarantee you there'll be folks that'll get up and leave I'll bet you they'll say Malone has been to the jungle and he brought never mind so um, Chief Pedro again as they've got some of the Uh, red stuff, there's the old man. You can see a lot of them have burned cheeks. Everywhere we go, we prove they have burned cheeks because they won't wear hats and they don't have suntan. Oh, that's Jorge, we will be going there eventually. Back to the, uh, there. See, Pedro might do a little Weight Watchers here. We might take a (laughs) special him. I doubt we'll give him any advice about eating. She's got a bag of food there, whatever it is. Looks like she's picking something out of a little boy's head. The lice or something like that—that's common there. What did we do in here? He's thinking. Now that's the thing that they put—they hung this thing up. I don't know what's in it, and they had Arthur and this priest join hands with a machete and cut it, and they dedicated the church. Now they might have done that for forty times, I don't know, but uh, but that's what they did, and and Jorge is giving Arthur confidence if he can swing the machete without hurting anybody. Now, and this is the pineapple. Chief told told somebody something, he ran up a tree, got a bunch of pineapples and took like you've seen it on television. Whacked the end off of that thing and passed it around. We drank fresh pineapples. That's as fresh as it gets. Uh, three minutes off of the tree and that's what we're drinking there. That's what they, that's what they look like. I mean coconut. When I say pineapple. yeah, coconut, not pineapple. yeah. Um, and that's uh, Jorge and his prettiest, I'm um, drinking a coconut face. <laughs> Got her on a sling there, picking stuff out of the... That's where we're going to sleep, Dr. Paul. Mm-hmm. We'll have we'll have um, uh, mosquito nets and all that kind of stuff for sleeping. Uh, and Pedro said we can get pads and stuff like that in beds. We're not going to depend on him to do that, but we will take our own whatever sleeping stuff we can. But it's large enough to, for the size team that we'll be taking there. There's a private room back there in the back where ladies can change and stuff like that. Um, there's a ladder that we'll get up to get there. Uh, but that's the room up there. Um, again the soccer fields, biggest plot of grass I saw the whole time we were gone. can be nice if we all had those slings like that to sleep in. <clears throat> See the red stuff on her face, that's something that they were had some medicine on their trying. Now this is the 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 ritual like passing around the peace pipe. They had this pink stuff. And Arthur told me this was gonna happen, probably. And he's got it. You can see, Chief Pedro. He fills his cup up and passes around. You're supposed to down the cup. Arthur did it twice, and Billy did it kind of. This is a fermented drink there, and everybody, and, and it's a treat for for Arthur, for any of uh, of uh, uh, our Chief Pedro's people to get be able to do that. I had three or four swallows of it. It's kind of interesting. I don't have a clue what's in it. I know, Paul. We're getting late. I'm gonna fix the end right now. I think we've. That was the lady who had the red stuff on her. So, well, I, mean, I don't need to show the flowers and things. That's a fact. I know we're over time. Anybody have any quick questions you'd like to ask before? Mm. I appreciate being able to talk with you. I've got to hone down a couple of things. I can see before I get to other places. But um, I'm looking forward to the future. We've got a we've got a great work and uh, acts that we're going to do in the jungle. I think we're going to be in the jungle for a long time. Thank you, Paul. Thank you.